Good morning. How's your Lord's Day been so far? Are you blessed? Are you worshiping? I trust that is our heart's cry as we gather together. Yes, Jason and Jamie, it's good to see you and your family here. You know, you come up as a prayer request. We pray for you often. But when you can actually see a something material or a face to the prayer request, it just connects so much more. So good to see you all this morning. Before we get started with the message this morning, let's sing a verse of Come Gracious Spirit, Heavenly Dove. Come Gracious Spirit, Heavenly Dove, with light and comfort from above, be thou art God. I have three little girls. I teach at Reach. And occasionally, uh, the, the, the Reach is close to my house. I think it is less than a mile, actually, so I don't have far. So sometimes in the evening or on the weekend, if I needed to wrap something up or stop in to, to grab something, my girls are with me. They sometimes like to play on the playground outside. Or if they're inside, they've found that I keep some sweets stashed in a corner of one of my uh, desk drawers. So students, shut your ears. You don't know that's there. And every time we go into school, one of the first words or questions out of my girl's mouth is, hey dad, can I have a piece of candy? <laughs> they connected the point that when they go to school, there may be something that they like, they want. And their heart is set on it because they've experienced it in the past and it connects when they arrive at school, it connects with them and their heart, their internal being, their wants, recognize that, hey, there's something there. I need to ask dad again for that. Recently, we were with uh, Dwight and Lara, and they were over at our place, and we have a little trike, and Dante was enjoying using the trike. Well, it got dark, it started getting a little cold outside, and it was better for the children to be playing inside. So we kind of pushed the trike off to the corner. A little bit later, they come back out, and guess what? First thing he went for was the trike. He remembered that. And we tried to pull him away from that and encourage him back inside, and it happened again. And again, right away, the minute he reached outside, he went for that trike. You see, in the past, he was, he was riding that thing. He was enjoying it. And the moment he came back outside, his heart was set on that trike. He knew exactly what he wanted. His, his feelings, his emotions, he knew what his heart was set on. Continue that theme of the heart. I've been married now to Ruthie for almost seven years. 
And when we first started dating, I liked hanging out with her. And as time went on, my heart developed a love for her. Because I was with her. I was experiencing her relationship, her friendship. And my heart was set on loving her. Same way it is with a child. Except it's a little different. Because a child is set on loving their parents mostly because... The parent is caring for the child. And so that means a lot to the child. There's a connection there. They understand that mom is there for me. Dad is there for me. Their heart is developing a love for their parent. And it's a beautiful thing. The heart is important. How many of you have a heart? (laughs) People are slow to raise their hand. Are you questioning if you have a heart? I guarantee you, if you are breathing and sitting here, you have a heart. Some of our hearts have maybe been worked on. I know Tony is one of them that had heart surgery at one point. Maybe some others have as well. This past, about a week and a half ago, my mom's uncle, no, let's back up to February. February, March, we had a little snowstorm, wasn't much. He was outside shoveling snow. And he's a healthy man. He has exercised most of his life. He's watched his diet. He was outside shoveling snow and he he lost his breath. He he just couldn't get it back. Something was wrong. So he came inside, had to sit down, take some breaks. Uh, His wife almost called the ambulance. It was that bad. He said, no, I'm fine. He wasn't one fond of, of going to the doctor real quick. The next morning, he called the doctor on his own. He said, hey, doctor, there's, there's something wrong. We need to check this out. So he went in. They did a couple tests, and the test came back clear. The doctor says, hey, go home. You're all good. He says, no, I know something is not right in there. That is not normal. I know my heart. I know how I'm supposed to be feeling. So they went, and they went to the treadmill test and a couple other tests. Well, after they completed those, they almost went into heart surgery right away. There was something wrong. And this man knew the state of his heart. And he urged the doctors to keep checking. Because he knew something wasn't right. This morning I asked, what's the state of your heart? And maybe we do get short of breath sometimes. You can't always catch when our physical heart is not working properly. What's the state of your spiritual heart? Do you know when something's not right? How do you respond when somebody points out an area that may not be right? Are you willing to evaluate your heart? What's the state of your heart? You see, why is the heart important? I asked the question, how many of you have a heart? (laughs) Everybody has a heart. It's an important function of our body. God created that. It's pumping blood through us. So maybe we should take a little scientific lesson and look at the intricacies of the heart and how important it is for life blood is life that is how we are living but beyond the physical heart heart is often used in the bible and it's not as so much referring to the physical heart 
as it is to, I guess I'll call it the spiritual heart. It's the seat of our emotions. It's the seat of our, all our feelings, our longings. It's different than the mind. You see, the mind thinks. It's logical. But sometimes what's in our mind, what we know, doesn't connect to the heart. Our heart is what drives us. Our heart is what gives us life. Our heart is what affects the decisions we make every day. Therefore, the heart is important. You see, I'd love to ask how many of you have a favorite verse or a life verse. I think it's important that we have a life verse. We're going to circle back to that. There's many favorite verses that appear. Here's some that uh, came up recently. The Lord is good and a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knoweth them that trust him. It comes from Nahum. Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with, wing, with wings as eagles. Philippians says, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. I hear this as a favorite verse sometimes. Another favorite verse that comes up, Micah 6, 8. He hath shown thee, O man, what is good. Listen to these words. What doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God? Psalms 118 says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Wow, that's a good life verse. Matthew 24, 42, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Hebrews 12, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And last of all, a verse from Romans 5. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Tremendous verses that if we lived by would give us, set us on a course for success. But brothers and sisters, this morning I pose, I hear a lot of favorite verses, but few people actually live them out. It's just their verse. That's showing the difference between the mind and the heart. So, why is the heart important? It's the control center for everything. Our physical body, it gives us life. Our spiritual body, it gives us directions. It's the seed of what we want to do. I have a question. What's one thing that the Lord wants from us? Our heart. All God wants of us is our hearts. Proverbs 23, 26 says, My son, give me thy heart. If a father, if a mother can have the heart of a child, it will set them up for success. That discipline and so can't take care of. When there is a heart connection, that's when success happens. There's a song called, Give Me Thy Heart. I'd like to read a couple verses. Give me thy heart, says the Father above. No gift so precious to him as our love. Softly he whispers, wherever thou art. 
gratefully, trust me, give me thy heart. Give me, give me thy heart, says the Savior of men, calling in mercy again and again. Turn now from sin and from evil depart. Have I not died for thee? Give me thy heart. Give me thy heart, says the Spirit divine, all that thou hast to my keeping resign. Grace more abounding, mine to impart. Make full surrender and give me thy heart. The best gift we can give Jesus is our hearts. And that comes at a confession of belief in him. When we surrender, when we become a Christian, as we say. When we believe, Jesus comes into our heart. So again, I ask this morning, what's the state of your heart? Where's your heart at? We've made a commitment in the past, but that's an important part of giving our hearts to Jesus. However, it's an ongoing work of salvation. It's an ongoing work that we need to continually give our hearts. It's something we can't see. That's why I ask, what's the state of your heart? Nobody else knows. Yeah, you're here sitting at church this morning. Great. But nobody can see your heart. It's between you and God. What's the state of your heart? There's different types of hearts. In Psalms and Proverbs, it refers to a double heart, a hard heart. There can be a proud heart, an unbelieving heart, a cold heart, an unclean heart. Turn with me to Proverbs 4, verse 23. This morning, as we think about our heart, I'm going to pull a couple verses from Proverbs 4 from my text. My title is, Keep Your Heart. Keep Your Heart. And this morning, as we talked about our heart, we, I, I, we tried to look at the value of our heart. Our physical body, there is value. It's needed. Our spiritual body, it is valued. It is needed as it gives us a course of direction. Value our heart so we live with diligence. That's a word that came up several times in First and Second Peter. And again, we're circling back to the word diligent. Let's value our hearts so we live with diligence. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The wisest man points us to the fact that the heart is important. It is important that we keep our heart because out of it comes everything in life. Out of our heart flows what we, our, our decisions, what we long for, what we strive for. Keep your heart. Proverbs 21.2 says, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the heart. All of us like to think we're good. We're doing something right. But the Lord looks at your heart. What is your real intentions? Proverbs 14.12. We're looking at wisdom from Proverbs this morning. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. These are pointing to the fact that we could be on the wrong course. It's possible for your heart or to lose your heart to get on the wrong track. That's why Solomon says, keep it, be careful. It's possible to lose the way. Because out of this 
We're going to jump to the New Testament for several verses. Matthew 15. Do not yet ye understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth in into the belly and is cast out into the draught? So what you eat is going to come out and it's gone. Those things, but those things which come out of the mouth are from the heart and they defile man. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murderers, adulterers, fornications, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with the unwashed hands defileth not a man. What we eat is going to come out. But what comes out of our mouth is a sign of what's in the heart. Our heart's important. Keep it with all diligence. I referred to it already. It's possible to lose our hearts. If you were to look in the Bible, who do you think was set up the most for success in having their heart aligned with Jesus? David was called a man after God's own heart. But if I think about having a heart that is aligned with somebody else, it's when they have a relationship. I go back to the disciples. If anybody was set up to keep their heart where it was supposed to, it would be the disciples. Sometimes I long to be back there in their shoes and walking beside Jesus and observing his heart and the people he reached out to and the way he taught. Amazing. So you would think that the disciples were set up in a place for a heart of success, right? Come with me to the garden. The soldiers come. It's dark. And they are marching coming for Jesus. His disciples are around him. What happens next? As they go up to Jesus and start tying him up, good old Peter takes out his sword and he goes to help Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He says, Peter, stop it. He rebuked him. He says, get behind me, Peter. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom was of this world, then would my servants fight. Right there, Jesus was pointing to the fact of the battleground for your heart. There's two kingdoms. And your heart is being, is sought by Jesus and it's sought by Satan. They both want your heart, your desires, your affections, your decisions. They both want it. That's where the battle lies in the two kingdoms. We hear the two kingdom concept. But yet I feel we get lost in the muddle of the culture around us, of the divide between the two kingdoms. So this morning I ask, where's your heart? Which side are you leaning to? That's between you and God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. There is a battle for your heart. Where is it? As we think about the heart... Proverbs 4.23 says, keep it. How do we keep your heart? We know it's important. We know it's important to keep it in line with Jesus, to be after his heart. It comes with a confession, and it's a continual working out of that salvation. And as we commit our hearts to him, we put our faith in him. And this morning we're looking at three points as we think about our hearts and how we keep it. Faith makes, you might have heard this quote before, yesterday a stepping stone, 
today a new beginning, tomorrow a limitless possibility. As we think about our heart, in the next verses after verse 23 here, Solomon points out some things we need to to beware of as we think about keeping our heart. And that is, first of all, yesterday is a stepping stone, the past. Jump down with me to verse 26. We're going to jump out of order here. Verse 26, ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. How many times do you stop and ponder the path of your heart or what you're seeking after, what you're pursuing, what you're worried about, what you're excited about, where you're spending your time? Part of keeping your heart is pondering, reflecting on where you've been. Yesterday, faith makes yesterday a stepping stone. It's a stepping stone to keeping your heart when we look back and reflect. Now, don't live in the past because we all mess up. And as we look in the past, we probably see areas we should have been different. Don't live there, but learn from it. He says, ponder the path of your feet. Where have you been going? What have you been doing? Where you've been spending your time? Learn from it. Share stories about your past. That helps you ponder where your heart is headed. Look back. Yesterday is a stepping stone. Faith makes today a new beginning. So there's the past, and now there's the present. What are we supposed to do today? Verse 24. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. In verse 27, turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove remove thy foot from evil. Part of keeping your heart here is watching what you feed on. What we feed on today becomes our passion tomorrow. Common phrase we hear. What you are doing now affects the trajectory of your heart in the future. So what are you feeding on now? What's coming out of your mouth? Put it far from thee, the perverse lips, the froward mouth. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Another interesting thing about the heart is it's relational. My love for Ruthie blossomed when I spent time with her. When there was a relationship, when there was a friendship there. And you can relate. The people you are close to is because you spend time, right? The heart is a relational aspect. Part of the now of affecting where your heart will be is the relationships you have today. So, do you value people around you? Do you like spending time with people around you? Your family, your close friends, your brothers and sisters in the church. Today's a new beginning. What we feed on today becomes our passion tomorrow. It, sets, it says where our heart is going to be headed. And when we watch what we feed on, when we pursue the people around us, that sets our heart up for success. And that sets us up to keep our hearts. Go beyond the weather. This week I was blessed. A brother walked up to me and going back a couple months ago, uh, we had we uh, looked at going beyond the weather, going deeper. Remember that? And it was kind of interesting afterwards. A couple people would come up and chat with me. It was kind of this awkward moment of, uh, you're not supposed to answer good, you know. You're supposed to answer uh, further than that. Go beneath the weather. 
But I was blessed this week. A brother walked up to me and he's like, what was the highlight of your week? It was a different question, but it was a part of him caring about me. He wanted to know more about what I was facing that week. Value the people around you. That will set up your heart for success. Faith makes today a new beginning as we think about keeping our hearts. Watch what we feed on. Value the people around you. And then... Tomorrow, it makes tomorrow a limitless possibility. When we've looked in the past, evaluated where we've been with our hearts, when we're, make, when, when we're being careful what we feed on today, watching our hearts, will put us in a place for limitless possibility into the future of keeping our hearts. And I pull that from verse 25. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Part of keeping our heart is setting goals into the future. It's part of having those favorite verses and revisiting them to help guide our decisions in life. Do you do that? Do you have things that help you set goals and help you make decisions in life? You see, goals are neat. I find it interesting, young children and the goals that they have, or dreams of what they want to become. And I, as, as I ask older students and teenagers, sometimes they kind of lose that. Uh, dreams of, oh, I want to become a doctor or a nurse. I think it's important that we keep up those aspirations. Many overestimate what they can do in one year. Many overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years. Let that sink in a little bit. You see, my point around this as we keep think about watching our heart, where are we going into the future? What's our goal? Where do we want to end up? It's important. And maybe we need a favorite verse to guide us. So as we think about keeping our hearts, we look in the past, we look at the present, and we look in the future of keeping our hearts. And it takes diligence. Keep thy heart with all diligence. What is diligent? I recently uh, was, was talking with a graduating class, and they were at the verge of receiving their diplomas. And I said, wow, for them to get where they are, end of 12 years of schooling, that took diligence. It meant showing up day in and day out at school again and again. That is diligence. Brothers and sisters, keeping your heart is again and again looking in the past, watching the, where you are currently, and looking ahead into the future of where you're going. That is keeping your heart. Diligence doesn't just happen. It's an effort we put forth. It's a continual process. So as we think about this verse... From Proverbs, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Your heart, out of your heart will come everything you do. So again, this morning I ask, what's the state of your heart? You see, we come here, Myerstown, we worship on a Sunday morning, we get together, there's fellowship, there's brotherhood, there's a list of guidelines that we follow. The Bible is here to show us what we're supposed to do. 
And so many times we get caught up in the doing that we lose, we lose our heart. We just do. Part of keeping your heart is stopping and pondering where you've been, as Solomon points out. So what are you feeding on? Is your heart right? That's between you and God. Coming to church doesn't put your heart in the right place. Yes, there's signs. There's signs of when things, when the heart is not right. And we as a brotherhood need to give advice and help each other through that. But where your heart is, is between you and God. And my purpose of talking about this this morning is again to bring you face to face with that question, what's the state of your heart? If God came back today, would you be ready? And only you and God know that. Look in the past. Ponder where you've been. Be in the, in the present. Watch what you feed on. Value the people around you. And look ahead into the future of where you want to go. That is keeping your heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is a good reminder from Solomon that you care about our heart. As we look at the Old Testament and the law that you brought, you gave, the whole purpose of the law was to get to the heart. And as you came, sent your son, Jesus, to walk among us, the whole purpose was to connect with our heart. Everything we are, what we want, what we strive for, what we long for. And it is our desire to give our hearts back to you. And I pray this morning we would all ask ourselves, what's the state of our heart? And make those changes that we need to, to get our hearts where it needs to be. Because it's a continual process of keeping our hearts in line with you. So continue to show us, continue to give us your mercies as we keep our hearts after you. In Jesus' name, amen. Demetrius, could we have a song, please?